Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. And welcome back into another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Channel. Pat's Pulpit, Brian Hines here, as always, with Alex Barr from 985 The Sports Hub. And we have finally reached the conclusion of the DeAndre Hopkins saga, which I am excited about. But what I am not excited about was that he decided to join the Tennessee Titans instead of the New England Patriots. And it's not technically official yet, but it's going to be a two-year deal right around the $26 million range with incentives of $3 million a year to bump it up to $32 million total over those two years. So we said pay him what it was worth to not let him leave the building. They didn't do that. And this was clearly about the money, and the Titans had the best offer, and they win the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes. Yeah, and I don't know so much that the Titans oh, – I should have my microphone over here probably. Um, I don't know so much that the Titans wanted Brian as much as the Patriots lost it. This yeah. was a – look, you know, as I, I think ahead of things, I try to come up with takes ahead of time. What am I going to do if this happens? What am I going to do if that happens? And I was kind of prepared for a situation where Hopkins got something stupid. Like call it like two years, 35 million, two years, 40 million from the Titans. And I was totally ready to come on here and say, you know what? Yep, that's too much money. I know I said I wanted him, but that's too much money. Two years, 26 million is very doable. That's about what they paid Nelson Aguilar two years ago before the cap had gone up. That's significantly less than they paid John U. Smith to be a backup tight end two years ago before the cap had gone up. And we'll, we'll talk about a lot of different angles of this today, Brian, but I want to make this very clear because this was put out there from the beginning from reports. It's been hammered out since it is what I heard behind the scenes. All of it. This is not, Oh, he chose Ryan Tannehill over Mac Jones. Oh, he didn't want to play for Bill Belichick. Oh, he didn't want to deal with the taxes in New England or, Oh, athletes hate Boston. Cause whether no, he wanted the biggest payday. He, and that's where he ended up. He was always going to sign with the team that put the biggest number on the piece of paper, the Titans gave him $25 million or what, what is it? 26 million, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. If the Ottawa red blacks or the Toronto Argonauts had offered him 27 million, he probably would have gone and played in Canada. And that's, I, I don't know about a million dollars, but let's say 30 million. If the Montreal Alouettes offered Deandre Hopkins $30 million, I think he would have gone and played in Canada. He was always going to go where there was the most money. And I think the Patriots knew that. I would be surprised if he or his team didn't make that clear to the Patriots during their visit. Yet they still came in with an offer under what the market dictated and said, take it or leave it. And that's, you can't do that. And and I'm not, I'm generally against paying players for the sake of paying players and just signing guys because they're names and expecting them to plug a hole. DeAndre Hopkins was a guy they needed, a guy that would have made this football team better. This was not chasing a name. This was not a PR stunt. This was not any of that. This is somebody who would have made the football team better. He signed for a reasonable contract. The only criteria at stake was money. I know he had his list of three things that he wanted with the quarterback and the defense. My theory on that was always he's made up three things so he didn't come across as shallow as saying, I want the most money, which I think he had every right to say. 
it was a player who wanted the most money who would have helped their team. The Patriots had twice as much financial flexibility as the team that ended up getting him. Yet they, according to Jeremy Fowler, VSPN, were not in the ballpark. It's not like they missed by a million dollars. They missed by, and, and what ballpark means couldn't, you know, I've talked to some people who think ballpark means $2 million. I've talked to some people who think ballpark means $5 million. I also think that there's an element of how much was guaranteed versus how much was incentives. Maybe the overall money was close, but the guaranteed money was way off. Based on how the Patriots have historically done business, I would think that that was at least part of the case. That they gave him a contract very heavy on incentives. And again, this was a guy who wanted to get paid. How much guaranteed money were you going to put on the table? And they just didn't do it. And I I don't want to go down the whole bill is cheap thing. And, and we're not going to do the cash spending conversation. 617-779-0985 if you want to talk about that. But there is a track record specifically when it comes to wide receiver of the Patriots not investing in the position. In what has become a priority position in the modern NFL. And people will hear that and say, well, they won six Super Bowls without a true, like, X wide receiver one. Well, three of them were 20 years ago. I'll tell you this, Brian. I get this TV channel. I don't know where it came from. It just showed up in my TV package called Origin Sports. It's the greatest TV channel I've ever seen. It's literally just throwback college sports games of, like, notable players. So, like, I was watching one the other day, and it was like, what was it? It it was like... uh, Derrick Henry verse. I don't remember who was on Auburn. It was like Derrick. And they, so they, they do them like that. Or there was one that was like uh, Carmelo Anthony versus Tyler Hansberg or something like that. Like, and so the other uh, Sunday before the Hawkins signing, I'm watching and they were showing the 1995 cotton bowl between USC and Texas tech. And yes, USC had, and I'm going somewhere with this. Yes. USC had Keyshawn Johnson who, who he was beast in that game. By the way, Zach Thomas was on Texas tech, but USC also had two really good running backs and they were just running the crap out of the ball and they short, sort of threw to Hopkins when they needed to, or threw to um, uh, Johnson when they needed to. Johnson. The point being, that was a different game. That was a different game. So if, if you're going to tell me the Patriots never won with an elite wide receiver, one, the first three they did, it, it was a, a completely different game. It was a different game that, that, than it is now. And then you're going to say, all right, well, you know, five years ago, they won a Super Bowl without an elite wide receiver. Yes. And changes things. When you have what has happened since Robski left, Brian, they had the 2019, 2020 classes were some of the worst pass catching classes we've ever seen since Gronk left to get, to go back to the point at hand here. Cause I had to go on my origin sports tangent to go back to the point at hand. Since Rob Gronkowski left after the 2018 season and they lost their elite number one pass catcher, they have not invested in that role. They have not spent money on it. They have in, in, so that would be 19, 20, 21, 22. Now, uh, five drafts in five drafts, they have used a premium pick on a pass catcher once. And that was Tyquan Thornton 50th overall last year. So again, I'm not going to do the whole bill is cheap, craft is cheap thing. That's a separate conversation that I think is maybe a little overblown. But it is very clear that Bill Belichick does not believe in investing in pass catchers. And he believes in a quantity over quality thing. 
and just I'm going to get a bunch of number twos and we're going to make it work. And that worked when you had Tom Brady and more importantly, you had Rob Gronkowski. And in this case, Gronk is, is yes, Brady was better and Brady made it all work. But the idea was you still had that elite pass catcher. He wasn't why you had him and they don't more. So that's what kills me about this. They don't want to invest in wide receivers. Fine. This was a chance to pay still below market for an elite wide receiver. You did need to pay some money, money they had. They wouldn't have needed to maneuver the cap or anything to get this deal done. And they they gave them their price and they walked away. They they basically took the approach of you need us more than we need you. And that was not the case here. So that doesn't mean that the season's doomed. Doesn't mean Mac Jones is doomed. We'll see what happens. We've talked about this before. I like the group they have. I think it's a good group. It's not a great group. It's a good group. But if they were really serious about supporting Mac Jones, and that's another, I'm burning through all my takes in this opening spiel. So we'll get back to some of this. But if they truly believed in supporting Mac Jones, if they truly believed in going for it this year, if Bill Belichick heeded what Robert Kraft said at the owners meetings, making the playoffs is very important this season then they would have made that signing. But they didn't. I think that kind of, we've talked about this at the tackle position. They, I think they believe in their coaching staff to elevate the players they have. Whether that works, we'll see. But I think that's their plan. They felt like they didn't need DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't see why they felt that way. For what he signed for, that was a doable contract for a player who would have made the team better. Yep. I agree with pretty much all you said. Like we talk so much how he comes in and he's instantly your best receiver. He big impact guy. They had the ability and we haven't seen how, you know, the contract split up full details yet, but they had like seven or $8 million more than the Titans in space this year. So they had the ability we mentioned kind of like a poison pill or like a restricted free agent to maybe format in a way that Tennessee couldn't do that. And, And it's a little, frustrating that they let him get away with that and then you mentioned the philosophy here because it's been five six years that they just have not had that guy and that just seems where bill is coming from he doesn't believe in that he likes these we'll get a bunch of guys who have different skill sets create mismatches how we want to do it but you mentioned mac and I, i wanted to ask you this do you think this has any indictment on mac jones because a lot of teams around the league, they get their quarterback, and then that number one big receiver is that last piece they bring in, right? Like Philly had Jalen Hurts, then they bring in A.J. Brown. Miami had Tua, then they bring in Tyreek Hill. Do you think they're looking at this, and I don't necessarily agree because I think you bring in the talent to find out what your quarterback is or help your quarterback, even if you don't think he's the guy. But do you think Bill could be sitting there and saying, This isn't the piece that's going to win with Mac Jones at quarterback, so why are we going to go pay him? If he's thinking that, he's wrong. I don't think he's thinking that. I don't think this – I know people want to make this about Mac Jones, and there was a tweet going around that Mac Jones – that Hopkins chose Tannehill over Mac. I think this has zero to do with Mac Jones. If it did have something – if it did have something to do with Mac Jones, Hopkins would be here because they would have understood the Jacksonville Jaguars went out and got Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley – and then extended Evan Ingram. They're building around their quarterback. 
The Bears went out and traded for DJ Moore to help Justin Fields. The Niners went out two years after drafting quarterback. Granted, it wasn't for that quarterback, but he was hurt, but went out and got Christian McCaffrey. The Jets, the year after drafting a quarterback, went out and got him a piece in Garrett Wilson. The Patriots' biggest free agent signings have been since drafting that. Signings have mostly all, all their they took guard and then defensive players in the draft. I it's the let me let me flip your question a little bit. Is this about Mac Jones? No, and that's the problem. Yeah. It should be about Mac Jones. And you use the 15th overall pick on a quarterback and you're two years in, unless it is a spectacular failure like Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, say what you want about him. It has not been close to that level. When you draft a quarterback, the 15th overall pick, when he is on his rookie deal, you should be maximizing every avenue you have to put talent around him. And the Patriots are operating like it's still Tom Brady, a quarterback. And that that is the problem here, Brian. It's not that this is about Mac Jones. They didn't sign him because of Mac Jones. It's that they didn't consider Mac Jones when making this decision. Yeah. That's the issue. One of the issues, at least, a big issue, is that they won't put help around him because this was a great chance to do it. So was trading for Jerry Judy. So was last year in the draft. Christian Watson and I look, I didn't like George Pickens, but one of those back end of the first round wide receivers, Sky Moore, they've had their chances to do it in time and time again. They haven't done it. They've addressed, and it's not to say they didn't have other needs on the roster, but you look at where the league is trending. These wide receiver contracts are getting up there with quarterback contracts. There's a reason for that. You are seeing, we always talk about quarterbacks elevating receivers. The new trend is the other way around. Look in San Francisco. Look in Minnesota. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts is pretty good, but look at Philly. Look, like He went to the next level when they got A.J. Brown. Look at what's happening in Miami. A wide receiver can elevate a quarterback as much as a quarterback can elevate a wide receiver. We've learned this in the last two or three years. I'm not saying DeAndre Hopkins would have turned Mac Jones into an all-pro. the goal inning where he build there's still bad blood from last year that's wrong that's just wrong on bill's part period win games get over it you didn't get along tough you're 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 in the nfl and i'd say the same to anybody on that roster players coaches anybody last year's a mess get over it but you know i i think brian i'm really glad you asked that question because it's not about mac jones it is not yeah. about Mac Jones right now in Foxborough, and that's the problem. Because it should be, right? We talk about right. these, I don't know, we can call them, take Mac's word, buckets, right? These quarterback buckets. You have like the quarterbacks, right. the Patrick Mahomes who will elevate everyone, what we saw Brady do here for so long. And then you have the quarterbacks who you want to put pieces around to elevate, and that's where Mac kind of falls in. And they just haven't done it for, for years, as we've been saying, since he's been here. Even the two years really prior, even the end of the Brady years, right? Like they didn't have those guys except, you know, Gronk and Edelman on the downswing, but they just haven't gone out there and got him help that all the other teams in the league are doing right now. And it's frustrating when, because they would rather just 
collect these twos and threes and, and pay them there than go out and get get a guy like DeAndre Hopkins who was signing for a reasonable amount of money too. You didn't have to give up three first round draft picks and then give them twenty million dollars a year. You know, this is a reasonable contract for a really good player still. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and yeah, I'm kind of just looking at the comments now. Um, can't compare 31 year old wide receiver to these young wide receivers in your prime. You can't, but he was on a thousand yard pace last year and he was healthy. He was still a really good player. He's still a wide receiver one in this league. This is a, this is a good question. Was the 2021 free agent class to put help around Mac Jones? I don't think so. I still believe their plan was to have Cam Newton be the starter that year yeah. and Mac Jones yeah. develop behind him. I, I, and then circumstances changed in camp and with COVID stuff. I don't think when they drafted Mac Jones, the plan was for him to start week one. I don't think that was the plan until about August. So I would say, I don't even know that the plan was to draft Mac Jones when they made all those signings in 2021. They also, so I would say no. They also just needed bodies and talent that year, right? Like that roster was drained after that COVID year. Like they just, they needed talent there. So I I don't know if that was solely for Mac. Somebody asked what we ought with the Patriots offered Hopkins. Uh, all the only report out there right now from um, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN is that it wasn't in the ballpark of what the Patriots of what the Titans offered. So w- w- interpret ballpark how you will. To me, that's at least two million dollars. That's multiple millions of dollars. I've heard people say it means as high as five. I've heard some people say it's two to three. So make it what you will. But they weren't close, and that's ultimately the point here. They weren't close. Um. Somebody asked how much of that $15 million they have. It's actually 17 million. Now uh, we'll go on spent the season. We'll carry over. It's a percentage that carries over. I forget what percentage, but um, they need about eight or 9 million to get through the season. So they could have signed Hawkins extended uh, Hunter Henry, which would have been a fine move at that point and been set. Uh, they wouldn't have been swimming in cap. I don't think they would have had a ton of carry over, but that shouldn't matter right now. It should be all about 2023. You have a quarterback who's fifth year option. You need to decide on. You have an owner who's saying it's very important. You make the playoffs when asked about the future of your job. Carryover should mean nothing. They shouldn't even be saying the number 2024 down there right now. Mm. Unless they're talking about week 16 and 17 of the upcoming season. It should be all about this year. Um, this I've seen this a lot today. Hawkins wasn't coming here at all. He just put himself out there because he thought the Chiefs or others would take him if he had no choice uh, but to go to Tennessee. This isn't true. There's money. If the Patriots if the Patriots had offered DeAndre Hopkins the most money, he would be here. If you want to say he wasn't coming here because they were never going to offer him the most money, I guess you can say that. I thought there was a chance they might. I thought they would recognize the situation they were in. But if they had offered him the most money, he would be here right now. I I fully believe that that is that that is true and it's been more or less put out there i don't think anybody said it explicitly but in so many words it's been put out there if the patriots number was bigger he'd be a patriot period full stop 
No, not playing for Bill. No, not playing with Mac. No, not playing in the Northeast. No taxes. If the Patriots number was bigger, it really just came down to money, right? Which he deserves. Just go get, go get as most, as much money as possible at this point in his career. Some people asked about where the money goes now. I want to make sure we get back to that, but there were a couple other I saw here when I was scrolling that I want to get to this one. Um, Somebody told me to quit coping. Oh, no, not that one. He was coming to New England if they paid him the most money. This guy kept telling me to quit coping. There was another one. Um, was Bill uh, hesitant due to practice and ball security? I think that was all overblown. Yeah. The whole he doesn't like to practice thing. Because I this was a Bill O'Brien thing, I would bet. Like Bill O'Brien said, we need a receiver. I think it, it, it wasn't a DeAndre Hopkins thing. It was a Bill Belichick does not believe in investing in wide receivers thing. Regardless if they practice or not. Regardless of ball security or not. History tells us they don't invest at the position. They don't invest in the position. So I don't like, maybe that was a little bit of it, but no, it was, uh, it was not about practice. Yep. Um, what else do you got here? Here, this was the one I was curious about. If this person is still in the comments, somebody told me to quit coping because the Patriots have never invested in wide receivers since Randy Moss. That's my point. They don't invest at receiver. Yes. It goes back before Gronk, but the, the reason I use 2019 as the cutoff is they didn't need to when they had Gronk because you had a guy in that. I mean, look, they should have in 17, 18. It was clear Gronk was not going to play a long career. So they should have invested and gotten ahead of it and all of that, which fair. And they took Nikhil in 19, and then they took Tyquan Thornton. That's it. They haven't paid any receivers. They haven't used any other elite uh, premier picks on wide receivers or tight ends. Uh, they have not invested in pass catchers period. Um, there were a couple others here. I thought I wanted to get to, but maybe I was imagining that. I apologize. My Wi-Fi keeps coming out. Uh, oh, this one. Cause I've seen this today too. People trying to rationalize this. Do we think there's any chance bills making all these middling nonsensical moves so that he hopes we tank and get a high draft pack. So he picks, so he can get a QB he wants. One, I don't believe Bill Belichick believes in tanking, period. I said this in 2020. Brian, have you seen The Last Dance? Yeah. So remember that scene in Mike at the end of Michael Jordan's first season? It's the last game of the year against the Knicks, and they need to lose for a draft position, and they tell Michael Jordan that, and he just can't comprehend mm, it. Yeah. What do you mean lose the game? What are, you, what are you talking about draft picks? I'm here to win a game. I think Bill Belichick thinks the same way because I think you have to be wired that way to be that elite at what you do. On top of that, if this is his plan, he's got to listen to what Robert Kraft has said. Because if they're that bad that they have a shot at Caleb Williams or Drake May, I don't think Bill Belichick is the coach here next year. I don't think that that's going to be his quarterback. Now, they still might end up taking a quarterback if they're that bad. They should. We did this last week. My my hot take that Marvin Harrison Jr. would not be a good draft pick for the Patriots next year. Because if they're that bad that they're drafting that high, they're going to need a quarterback. Uh, I can't imagine Bill is doing this on a number of different levels. Again, I, there's, I don't think people keep trying to come up with these like insidious motives that uh, you get to Mac or he he's trying to tank or he didn't like Hopkins. No Hopkins wanted the most money. Bill doesn't invest in receivers period. Full stop. That's it. It's that simple. You know what Occam's razor is Brian. Have you ever heard of Occam's razor? I don't think so. It's a, it's a term in philosophy. It's used a lot in medicine. 
because everybody wants to get creative and like diagnose some exotic disease or whatever. Occam's razor is the concept that basically more often than not, the simplest answer is the right answer. What is right in front of you, what seems like, if it seems too obvious to be true, no, it's probably true. And I think this is a case of that. He wanted the most money. The Patriots didn't give him the most money because they don't give receivers money. And so he went elsewhere. That's what we saw. He's also going, Bill, speaking of Bill, he's also going for the record, like all-time wins. So I don't think he's oh, yeah, season, duh. like to be tanking right now. Like that's just not where he's at. And then this is another guy. All right, this is another good point. I'm glad we're doing this. This is another point I've seen today. Um, I don't get signing a top receiver to see what you have in a quarterback because a top receiver can inflate a quarterback. And when they leave, your quarterback gets exposed. So it's almost like, you should always make sure you have a good receiver because it helps the quarterback. This is actually, you're making my point with this comment. You got to have a good receiver or, or a good, there are rare cases where it can be a tight end. I don't think it can be a running back in the modern NFL that your passing yeah. game runs through. I, I don't think so. There are, I would say two tight ends in the league that can dictate coverage. And that's Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. There's some other very good tight ends, but I don't think they dictate coverage. So, like, yep. if you have a Rob Gronkowski, if you're lucky enough to get that guy, fine. If not, it needs to be a wide receiver and a really a boundary receiver. Every other team, every other team has had no problem going out and putting supporting casts, really good superstars around their young quarterback, except here. And I don't know. It's just it's difficult to understand. Uh, here's another interesting one. Let's see what DeAndre Hopkins does in Tennessee this year. I doubt he does much. DeAndre Hopkins being bad in Tennessee does not vindicate the Patriots here because that team is bad and their quarterbacks are bad. I He's not going to put up good numbers there. He's not. And he knows that. And that's why that contract is so guarantee heavy. The incentives do the statistical incentives. I think there's a good number of like playtime incentives, like get roster bonuses and, and, and things like that. But he knows he's not going to put up numbers there. He doesn't care. He wanted the money. I, He's not going to put, if he doesn't put up numbers there, I don't want to hear that the Patriots made the right move because he would have put up numbers here. Different offenses. All right. I think I'm, I think I'm all caught up on the comments. Yeah. I was just scrolling through. There was one that we could transition into, but I can't find it. Well, I'll bring up this one. So, uh, that's not it. Um, was it this? We're clowns. The team that dominates the NFL is a dominant tight end. Patriots and Chiefs are proof of that. All right. So how about the Patriots not investing a draft pick at the tight end position between 2011 and 2020 at all? And then overdrafting two bad tight. Like it, it, the point stands. They have not made the investment in getting this kind of player. Or sitting out this year in what was a, like a historically good tight end draft class. Right. They just didn't take one. So, and, and that's not entirely true. The Chiefs for most of their run also had Tyree Kill, who's a better player than Travis Kelsey is. The yeah. Eagles have some good tight ends, but that's A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith doing that. Um, I know you all love the Bills. They, like Dawson Knox is fine. That's Stephon Diggs. The Bengals haven't had a tight end their whole run. I mean, they have T. Higgins, who's basically a tight end, but big, 
outside receiver. If if you can line Gronk or you can line Travis Kelsey up at the X, fine. But that's the that's the kind of thing you need. All right. Uh, so where do you want to go next here? You want to talk about what the Patriots do with the money now that they didn't get Hawkins, or should we talk about the wide receiver position without let's go? Without someone asked about it. I think we go after an elite running back now, go for some line help or another corner because they have money, right? They have money now. They're again, you mentioned they, they need some wiggle room throughout the season. They still have to yeah. pay Christian Gonzalez and Keon White, which isn't going to be, you know, a big chunk of change, but they have money to spend and they are the odds on favorite now for Dalvin Cook, we, which we, we've talked about a lot because the running back market right now is chaos because no one wants to pay a running back. Uh, Saquon, Tony, Tony Pollard, none of these guys got long-term deals by the deadline today. So the running back market's kind of in a weird spot. So is, is Dalvin Cook someone you would turn to now and throw some money at? I guess. Well, let me start here. They're done at wide receiver. This is the group. Yeah. I, I, I don't want somebody asked about Travis Landry. Nope. Julio Jones, insanely washed. You want to call Nikhil Harry? Like he's at the top. A lot of the wide receiver free agent lists. It's it's not a great group out there right now. Wide receivers out. Same for offensive line. As much as I would like them to get a tackle, and I'd said this, if there was like a tackle equivalent of DeAndre Hopkins, I'd be all over it. There's no tackles. There's just, as as rough as the Patriots tackle situation is right now, there's nobody in free agency that's helping them. You could maybe add numbers, just add another body. Like I've talked about DJ Fluker, but that's going to be a near minimum contract. That's You're not expending a ton of money on that. So is it running back or corner? Yeah, uh, yeah somebody attack. Kenny Galladay? No. No, no one. They already have, they have Devontae Parker, who's just younger, not as banged up Kenny Galladay. No need for that. Running back or corner? I, well, I've said this before. If Cook wants to come here for no money, I'll take him. But I don't think Dalvin Cook makes them that much better of a team. Because with Hopkins, it was a clear upgrade. You're putting him on the field over either Tyquan Thornton or Kendrick Bourne, and you're adding him to the group you have. You're not doing that with Dalvin Cook. He's a running back. There's one running back on the field at a time, and he's a, I think he's a comparable player to Ramondre Stevenson at this point. So maybe, yes, you're taking something off Ramondre's plate, and that's good, and that does sort of help you, but that's not close to the impact Hopkins has. It's not. I Corner, yeah, I wouldn't hate adding a corner. Now, that market isn't great either. Marcus Peters is the one guy that interests me. But... I think the idea that, you know, okay, who's next? No, Hawkins, who's next? This isn't April where one free agent goes off the board and you have five more options. I, it's They're, they're not going to get a guy who makes that impact or comes close to making that impact. I don't think Cook does. He Yes, he makes them better in that they have a better, you know, backup running back, whether it's Cook becoming the starter and Ramondre becoming the backup or just Cook backing up Ramondre, but they're not both going to be on the field at the same time. Cook's not a guy, he's a good pass catcher, but he's not a guy who's going to dictate coverage. I just, I, if they do that, they're committing to being a very run heavy team. They're committing to being a 30, 35 carry a game team, which you're giving the defense no room for error at that point, no margin for error. Cause if that's how you want to play fine, there are some teams that have played that way and won a bit in recent years. The Titans have done it. The Ravens have done it. The Niners have done it with Jimmy G the Bills did it in the like that that first year they made the playoffs with Josh Allen before he took off. But one, those teams didn't win a Super Bowl. And two, there's no margin for error defensively. You fall behind multiple scores, that's it. So 
I guess Dalvin Cook's better than nothing, but at a certain point, I would just kind of sit on the money and see if somebody breaks loose at the end of camp or if you can swing a trade and be able to absorb some money. Yep. That's kind of where I'm at with that. Like, he's still a really good player, and I, I take him here, but how many snaps is he going to get on the field? It, unless, you know, Ramondre gets hurt, that's a completely different situation. But I, I do feel like they're going to – they might need some low-end depth at the running back position just for the they, preseason. They do need a back. Because they only have five right now. And you're going to imagine you're not going to see Stevenson at all throughout the preseason. They're probably not going to push Montgomery that much. And then you just have Kevin Harris, Pierre Strawn, and J.J. Taylor. You probably need another body there just to go through the preseason so you're not running well, these guys into the ground, really. They could use a more reliable number two back, but that could be Dalvin, uh, that could be Ezekiel Elliott, that could be Leonard Fournette, who I think you can get for less money. So, I and, and to the people saying use the money to extend Kyle Duggar, Mike Unwinu, Josh Uche, the extension wouldn't kick in until 2024. So this cap space now doesn't help with that. It means nothing in terms of those extensions. Those extensions start with the 2024 cap. So, yes, you would carry over a fraction of it, but it's minimal. And again, I said this before, it should not be about 2024 right now. Shouldn't. should be about 2023. Where would you be on uh, Marcus Peters? I'd call him. I know. So he supposedly had a deal done with the Raiders, but that was a few weeks ago. I don't know if that fell through or what that is. I said from the beginning of the offseason, I wanted to see them at a veteran boundary corner. Just not not even like a starter, just like a third guy who could rotate in, play like the the Jason McCourty role his last couple years here. I, I, I'm still for that. I don't know what Peter's market is. I don't know what the deal is with the Raiders. It drops off after him. After that, you're looking at near minimum deals, but I, I'd still rather have Cook than Peters, because I think he's closer, much closer to being an impact player. I, I Peters or Fournette, I might go Peters. Peters or Zeke, I might go Peters. Like it's close at that point. Yeah, it'd be a good addition, especially with Jack Jones's situation kind of up in the air, but. What's his market? How much money is he going to want? And, and I'd, I'd lean Cook, too, there. So, But it, it is an option. Anything else in here? Yeah, I just I, – I, I don't think that I, – I don't – Dalvin Cook's not going to have the kind of impact that DeAndre Hopkins did because in the modern game, and this is exactly the point you brought up earlier. This is why all these running backs, these very talented running backs, even guys who can catch passes like Saquon Barkley. This is why these guys can't get signed right now because running backs can't make the same impact as receivers because they get the ball so much, especially if you're throwing them the ball. They get the ball so much that they're just not healthy at the end of the year. And you see it impact their production. And it's what happened to Ramondre Stevenson last year. It's happened to guys like Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. It's it's it, With Dalvin Cook, you're starting to, to border that point where you're just signing a guy with a big name to sign a guy with a big name. Yeah, It's not totally that. That would be signing Kenny Galladay, Jarvis Landry, Julio Jones. But you're kind of getting there. So do you want to talk about the receivers on the team for a little bit of a change? Well, somebody somebody did ask me who who the best receivers available are. And I will because I've been kind of humming and hawing around it. So here's the list of who's available according to Spot Track. 
Brian, you tell me if you're in or out. Kenny Galladay. No. Yeah, no, out. Julio Jones. Out. Byron Pringle. Out. Jarvis Landry. Out. Nikhil Harry. <laughs> out. Sammy Watkins. For week one in and then out. Just because he's a week one. He, oh, he always that's right. He's like week one. <laughs> okay, so there we go. Um, T.Y. Hilton. Out. Antonio Callaway. Out. So there you go. So the best we can do is Sammy Watkins in week one. In week one. <laughs> now, if we get to camp and, and Juju's still banged up and Tyquan's banged up, then you're maybe looking in that T.Y. Hilton or a flyer on Kenny Galladay maybe or if something I think, happens well, to Parker. If it's Juju and if he, if that knee is still a problem, I think the guy you call is Jarvis Landry. Jarvis, he can yeah, do, you can plug him into that role. Mm-hmm. But this looks like what we're going with at the wide this receiver is the group. position. Right? You yeah. have Devontae Parker at the X. Juju's going to be in the slot if he's healthy. And then we have that battle that we've kind of talked about at that third receiver, the Z spot with Tyquan Thornton and Kendrick Bourne. They're going to be here. Bourne might have been a roster cut if they got Hopkins, it might have looked like. But he's here and – he's going to get on the field. It's going to be either him or Tyquan Thornton in that role. And then we'll see if one of these rookies or the undrafted kids can snag that fifth spot. And, or if they have to keep a six, if it's someone like Keishon Booty makes a real push in camp, but this is, this is what they're rolling with for now. It looks like. Yeah, this is the group and you now have a ton. So I, I think, and I, I was on Zolak and Bertrand earlier today and Zoe made this point. It's a really good point. The pressure on everybody on the offensive side of the ball is now elevated. Mm-hmm. And that goes from Bill O'Brien to Mac Jones. But the guy that all eyes are on is Tyquan Thornton. Because we've talked a lot, Brian, about that coverage dictating Tuesday morning player. And if if, if you get 2019 Devontae Parker, he's that guy. But that was four years ago. He hasn't come close since. By nature of playing in the slot, Juju's probably not that guy. There's also some, you wonder about his injury injuries. So it's Tyquan Thornton or Kendrick Bourne. And I went through before the Patriots investments at wide receiver since Rob Gronkowski retired. And it's Nikhil Harry, who's obviously no longer here. Tyquan Thornton, end of list. You took Tyquan Thornton 50th overall last year. You take a guy that high, the idea is he's going to be your number one wide receiver. And they need him to recognize that right now. There is no uh, easing in period. There, There is no adjustment period. He's got to be the guy that is going to stretch the field keep the safeties honest, keep things open in the, in the underneath and in the intermediate. So Juju Smith Schuster and Hunter Henry can operate in that part of the field. And I mean, there's a lot of pressure on the coaching staff as well. Bill O'Brien, Troy Brown, Ross Douglas to get him ready for that. And he has to be healthy for that. He wasn't healthy this spring, but this is what they've done. They, they are now in a spot and we sort of knew this was coming. We've talked about this. They need that Z spot to pop for this offense to truly work. Like, they'll be fine. Again, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. They'll be better than that. They should be a top half offense in the league unless the tackle situation is worse than we could possibly imagine. They should be a top half offense in the league. But 
for them to really, you know, if they want to flirt with top 10 and the number we keep giving is they were the number seven offense in 2021 with Josh McDaniels with worse receivers than they have now. And we can run through that one in a second here, Brian, if they want to get to that point, that Z spot has to produce that Z spot has to be a 50, 60 catch 800 plus yard spot, whether that's coming from Tyquan Thornton, whether that's coming from Kendrick Bourne, whether it's a combination it has to happen. Everybody knows where I'm at with that. I think Kendrick Bourne might be the most underrated player in the league. I think that he has serious potential if used correctly, especially in a Bill O'Brien offense. I think he's a great fit for what Bill O'Brien wants his receivers to do. But we don't know where he's at with the coaching staff right now. And the reality is, I think there's going to be some deference to Tyquan Thornton because they did just use the 50th overall pick on him. This The, the question we are asking right now about who is going to open things up for everybody else at receiver Hopefully, I mean, it should have been the thought process when they drafted Tyquan Thornton that he he was going to be the answer to that question. And now it's it's not can he be, it's he needs to be. Period, full stop. Like And certainly give KB a shot, but I think that he's in it. Look, he's in a contract year. He's here for one year, that's it. Because if he's bad, they're going to let him, if he doesn't produce, they're going to let him go because they clearly don't like him. And if he's good, how many times do I have to say this today? They don't pay wide receivers. He's going to be gone. So Tyquan Thornton, you still have for three more years. I, I think that it's in the team's best interest that he breaks out this year. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Bourne, obviously. What he did his first year here was, was really, really underrated, really like statistic analytically wise. He's one of the yeah. top weapons in, in all of football. So I still think last year was a little bit more maybe Patricia's doghouse more than Bill because if Bill really didn't like him, he had more than enough chances to get rid of him at this point. True. Right? Like that, that's kind of where I'm at there. So hopefully that's a good point. with O'Brien, he he's back kind of in the mix here and has a stable role. And Taekwon, they, they need the speed. They just need the speed because if you're living in that 12 with Hunter, Henry, and Mike Kosicki, Devontae Parker at the X, like those are these bigger possession type of guys. They're going to be working in the middle of the field. You need someone to – open things up in that area and Taekwon you would hope it is that guy as you know the deep threat and with his speed and get him on some end arounds you saw last year get him get him the ball in his hand on these trick plays and so hopefully Bill O'Brien can get both of those guys going and, and really open this up I will say this because we've been very negative about the receivers today and I don't think unfairly but we have but if you want to end on a positive note I did bring this up that 2021 Mac Jones rookie year with Josh McDaniels. They were a top 10 offense in the league. You tell me, Brian, Nelson Aguilar, or I'm trying to think how I want to do these parallels. Okay. Nelson Aguilar or Devonte Parker. Who are you taking? Parker. Nikhil Harry or Tyquan Thornton? Tyquan. Jacoby Myers or Juju Smith-Schuster? Juju. Gunnar Oshevsky or Demario Douglas slash Kayshawn Booty slash Ed Lee slash Trey Nixon? The rookies. John U. Smith or Mike Kosicki? Kosicki. So we just went down the board. If you want to make an argument for Jacoby over Juju. That's like, fair. That's the that's closest fair. one. That one's kind of a coin flip. I think for what this team is, they need Juju's yak. Yeah. I actually think Jacoby's a better, slightly better player, but the fit kind of negates that year, but it's a better group. It's a better group than it was two years ago when they went to the playoffs. Yeah. So there is at least that it's just, 
what happened when they got to the playoffs. They got their doors blown off. They couldn't score and they struggled late in the year. So having that extra piece in Hopkins, I think would have helped, but their, their group is fine. It's good. It's not great. It's good. No. I, I don't think it's bad. Like you want to hear bad. Hang on. Well, now we'll do this. You want to do bad, Brian. Um, Nikhil Harry or Devontae Parker? Parker. Demir Bird or Tyquan Thornton? <laughs> Tyquan. Jacoby Myers or Juju Smith-Schuster? Toss up, but we'll go Juju for now. Yeah. Kendrick Bourne or Dante Moncrief? I'll take Kendrick Bourne. You forgot Dante Moncrief was on the Patriots for a second. There. I did for a second. That was a, that was a throwback right there. And <laughs> Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki or Devin Asiasi and Dalton Key? Yeah, I'll take this year's group there. <laughs> that 2020 group was bad. The bad. 2021 group was bad. fine. It was fine. It wasn't great. It was fine. This year's group is good. So maybe if things keep trending in this direction next year, they're great. The question is, is next year too late? And yep. I think it, in theory, would be. I think, yeah, they're good right now. And they could become, if you get born and Taekwon at their best, like it's going to be a, a really good group. But it could also, you know, level the other way with some of these injuries or if Taekwon doesn't progress. So they're balancing kind of a dangerous line right now. Again, I like the group, but we'll see how things kind of fall out throughout camp and, and as we get into the regular season. To be fair, this is a good point. I, I did like Demir Bird. I still do I like did. Demir Bird. I feel bad we pick on him because he's kind of the poster child of that 2020 receiving core. Demir Bird's a fine player. I actually think he's kind of underrated but he shouldn't be anywhere near your wide receiver one. He's like a good like change of pace receiver, like fourth receiver when you play a team that's kind of slow in the secondary. Hey, we're going to throw you out there and you're going to run by him. Like capable player. You add, honestly, you add him to this group as like an extra guy, Tyquan Thornton insurance, stash him on the practice squad. It'd be a great fit. But mm -hmm. I like Demir Bird, but he should not have been the first name I read there when going <laughs> through the wide receiver group. So I, I think this is interesting too. We can close with this here, Brian. Unless did you have any other thoughts on this? No, that's pretty much it. So this was the start of Madden ratings week. So the world the ratings out throughout the week today was wide receivers and safeties. And I know people roll their eyes. Madden, ugh, the ratings always suck. Like I'm not going to sit here. We're not going to sit here and geek out over the Madden ratings, but I do think as a practical point, oh, why do you care what a video game thinks? It's objective. As a practical point, I think it is interesting to see the national outlook on the team. We're so hyper-focused here. We don't really know how it, it can be tough to get a grasp on how nationally the team is viewed. So that being said, here's what the Patriots ratings were at wide receiver. We can do safety after, but here's what they were at wide receiver. Uh, the Patriots' highest rated wide receiver in Madden 24 is Juju Smith-Schuster at an 82, followed by Devontae Parker at an 80, Kendrick Bourne's a 78, Tyquan is a 70, Demario Douglas is 67, Kayshawn Booty and Trey Nixon are 66. And UDFAs don't get in the game till later, so no Malik Cunningham, no Ed Lee. But, um, and I, I am normally the first one to rip Madden ratings. I was ready to tear into them for having Kendrick Bourne too low because I thought he was going to get like a 70, 71. That's about right. It's about right. 80, to 80, low 80s overall. Juju, Devontae Parker, that's a solid number two receiver. Kendrick Bourne kind of right in the mix there. I, they had to knock him because he didn't really play much last year. I get that. I, they didn't knock him too much, which is fair. 
Um, and then, yeah, Tyquan Thornton, 70. Like, we don't really know what he's going to be. And then Douglas Boutte and Nixon are lottery mm-hmm. tickets. I think that's a pretty accurate rate. And for what it's worth, Devontae Parker's a 93 overall. He's the seventh best receiver in the game. Not Devontae Parker. DeAndre oh, Hopkins. It's a 93 overall. He's the seventh best receiver in the game. Juju, I think, is somewhere in the like low 20s, early 30s. He, I just looked it up. He's 82 overall is tied for 40th. And then 80 overall is tied for like right around 50, which is Parker. All right. So 40th means better than most second wide receivers, right? Because if there's 32 wide receiver ones, 40th is a top 10 wide receiver two, which I think is about what Juju is. I think it's about what Barker is. Parker top 15 wide receiver two, like you said. And it's about right. I think they got about right. I think that's what the Patriots wide receiver core is. They're not bad players, the, the top of the depth chart, at least. They're not bad players, but there's nobody there that's really a threat. Yep. I think they nailed that. Yeah. They're right in that, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three range. So I think that's their Madden ratings. I get it. But as an overall assessment, I think it's pretty, pretty spot on. All right. You want your safeties too? Yeah. Oh, actually, I was just looking. Nelson Aguilar is a point better than Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> That's wrong. That's, that's wrong. Ba- see, that's bad. <laughs> he should be like a 71, 72 overall. That's a bad rating. Aguilar is a 79. Like, oh, Nikhil's, Nikhil's not going to be on there because he's a uh, free agent. It's because Aguilar's the, the speed jacks the overall yeah. up a lot. I bet that's why, but no, no, Nelson Aguilar's not a better wide receiver. <laughs> not even close. Uh, you under safeties real quick? Yeah. All right. Kyle Duggar, 86, coming in as your best safety, your best safety on the Patriots. And this is both, both safeties. Uh, Jabril Peppers is an 83. Adrian Phillips is an 81. You go down. Cody Davis is a 68. Joshua Bledsoe is a 65. Brad Hawkins, 63. Brennan Schooler, 62. Uh, I'm So they do multiple positions at a time. I The corners are later in the week. And somebody asked about the tight ends. I think they're Friday. Uh, I'm going to guess they have Jalen Mills with the corners. So he's not here. But I'll say this about, about uh, these ratings. So... They gave Kyle Duggar an 86, which on its own is, I think, about right. But I always tell people this when going through the Madden ratings. They they do the relative to position. They don't rate each player individually. They make sure. Oh, no. Are we losing Alex? And uh, I cut out. He's back. Back? Yep, you're back. Am I back? Yeah. All right, I don't know what's up. Uh, relative to the position. You're here back? now. Okay, where'd you lose me? I can't hear you, but you're good. Yeah, you're good. Where'd you lose me? Uh, they do the ratings like relative. They do them yeah, like relative, relative so, to the so, position. Yeah, so 90s elite, like mm-hmm. 90 and above. There's a big jump from 89 to 90 rated players. I feel like Kyle Duggar entering the year, and this can change, entering the year is like a high 80s player. So I might have gone a little higher, 87, 88, 86 feels fine. But the M is the 17th or tied for 16th best safety, which is it Hafanoa is the guy's name in San Francisco. Yeah. I believe is how you pronounce that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, like, I think the ratings right for Kyle, I think they just overrated every safety. I think all the safeties overalls are jacked up too much. Besides that, I think they got about right. They see my vision and Bill's vision with Jabril Peppers. 
he is going to be uh, an animal this year. Yeah. He's going to have a breakout year. Any thoughts on on the safeties, Brian? So Duggar, on the website, they rank it strong safety and free safety. So he's the sixth best yeah. strong safety behind Jamal Adams, which is a little questionable. But okay, uh, who else is he behind? So it's Derwin James one, Harrison Smith two, Jordan Poyer yeah. three, Buda Baker four, Jamal Adams five, Kyle Duggar six. You know what? Outside of the Adams one, that's, that's about yeah. right. I mean, they also have Harrison Smith too high because he's just old. Like he, I'm surprised he's, he's that not high. A I, I, he's going to fall off. Um, that's about right. They could maybe have him fifth, but that's actually okay. So there's just a lot of good free safeties. Maybe I didn't look at it that way. That was the right. That was the right way to look at it. Phillips is 17th strong safety, so you know an above average. But uh, Peppers isn't on here, so maybe he's a free safety, which would kind of be weird. But I think they have it. Yeah, they 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 they're weird with the Patriots safeties because they don't play they don't, strong they don't and free. The... <laughs> it's the same thing how they used to have Teddy Bruschi as an outside linebacker. Like they Madden the the Madden depth chart doesn't work with the Patriots, but so they're they're high on the Patriots safeties, which they should be. But I again, I think they got the wide receivers right. Yep. And then the other question is: Does so Kyle Duggar is an eighty-six? Does he end up being a top five highest-rated player on the Patriots? Yeah, I would absolutely say so. I think he's going to be. I it's going to be him, Mondre, Judon, Onwenu, Onwenu, and then maybe Bentley. Bentley was up there. Bentley finished last year's. I'd say Uche, but there's just so many good edge rushers. I don't know how that will affect him. Yeah. But we'll see. All right, but I want I want to do that. We we can do that the second show this week too. There'll be more positions. So. Yep. All right. So, any other last thoughts on the receivers? Anything else before we hop off here? I'm sure there will be. We'll get to those on the second show this week. That that was the gut reaction, kind of. Gut reaction. All right. So that'll do it from us here today. We'll be back Wednesday, I believe. But just in case, make sure you subscribe to the Patriots Press Pass channel. Turn the notifications on so you do know when we go live. Until then, go follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Go read all his work over at 985thesportshub.com. Follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines. Go read my stuff over at patspulpit.com. And thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you sometime this week. Bye.